you are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean from 97.1 The Fan. It is Thursday, October 18th. And, you know, usually on Thursdays, we like to bring people in, people that know a lot more about Ohio State than we do, Bean. Way more. So today, we're going to bring in a guy that definitely knows a lot more than we do about this Ohio State football team, and that's Dan Hope from 11 Warriors, our guy. Dan, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. And look, I think the first thing that we got to get your take on is the elephant in the room, and or I guess we call it the bear in the room. Is that what we're going to call yeah, it? Little the, bear the, in the, the room. little bear in the room. And uh, that's Nick Bosa, and he will no longer play for Ohio State. Just your knee-jerk reaction to this, and I know a lot of fans are kind of on both sides of the fence of this, but just how you feel about uh, the Nick Bosa situation and how it can affect this team moving forward. Well, you know, I, I think it wasn't a huge surprise, the news this week, because I think, you know, when, as soon as the injury happened and then, you know, his dad had said he wasn't going to be reevaluated until November, I think people kind of started to get the idea that there was a pretty good chance that Nick Bosa had played his last game as an Ohio State football player. And certainly there was hope. You know, you want to hold out hope that he'd be able to come back for the end of the season, that stretch one where they really could have used him. But, you know, I, I think that this was not a huge surprise if this happened this week. And it's certainly a huge loss for Ohio State, certainly, uh, to not have a player of his caliber, uh, especially when you look at that end of the season uh, and trying to compete for a championship. He's certainly a player for a defense that has struggled uh, to some extent this year, uh, certainly to have been able to have him back from a stretch run and bring a spark back to that defense uh, would have been huge for Ohio State. But now, they just have to move forward without him because they're not going to have him back. Dan, when you look at this defense, I think there's, you know, one of two ways that you could go about this. I think, you know, maybe there was a cloud hanging over, like a cloud of hope uh, that said, you know, maybe we're going to get a guy back. We're going to get our captain back at some point in the season. But now that's said and dusted, how do you think they respond uh, with Nick Bosa not being in there? We know we haven't seen him since the second half of the TCU game uh, in week three of the season. We're now heading into week eight. Do you think this could be a rallying point for the defense, or do you think this could go the other way um, and kind of uh, ruin their morale a little bit? Yeah, that, that's hard to say, but I, I'd lean toward the first of that. I, I'd, I'd lean toward it being more of a, a rallying cry and, and pushing through it because you know I, I think that's the way that this team tends to operate is that when, when things happen, uh, they try to push through that adversity. We certainly saw that with everything that happened this summer and going into the season. And, and I think that's the way this team tends to react to stuff like this. You know, certainly the defense just needs to respond, period. Nick yeah. Bosa or not, this defense needs to get better. So whatever, you know, whatever's caused that, you know, I, I, I'm sure that losing Nick Bosa's had some part in that because he's such a good player, but I think in general, I think all three levels of that defense need to play better. And they just, they really need to just respond to the way they played and they need to play better because at some point, these big plays they've allowed, some of the struggles they've had, especially in past defense, 
at some point that's going to catch up with them if they don't correct those issues. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors, joining us here on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Go follow him on Twitter at Dan underscore Hope. Excuse me. And just looking at this Purdue game this week, you got a night game up there. Uh, Beam and I happen to think this game could get a little interesting. Maybe Ohio State can run away with this thing later in the game. But we've been focusing on a guy in Rondale Moore for Purdue who is an explosive athlete. I mean, we saw Tyler Johnson last week from Minnesota go for 100 uh, over 100 yards. This is a guy, uh, Dan, that I'm sure you've seen on tape and watching some of these Purdue games that can really get active and give the Buckeyes some trouble in that secondary. Are you concerned about him on Saturday night? Yeah, he absolutely can give him some trouble because he, he's a heck of an athlete. We, we've seen it you know, from really his first game as a collegiate player, made a ton of big plays against Northwestern. He, he's the leading receiver for Purdue right now. He's the second leading receiver in the entire Big Ten as a true freshman. And He's a guy, you look at the troubles Ohio State has had in, in giving up big plays. This is the last kind of guy that you want to face if you're having those issues. Yeah. I think the closest thing they faced to him this year is K.J. Hamler from Penn State. And we saw him have a 93-yard touchdown against the Buckeyes and, and really struggle until he got knocked out of that game with an injury. They had a lot of trouble defending him. So I, I think absolutely he's a threat. And I don't think he's the only threat on this Purdue offense either. I think they've got... Uh, two really good tight ends, and we haven't really seen Ohio State be challenged by a lot of tight ends this year, but I think these are probably the best tight ends they've faced. They've got a couple good running backs. They've got some good receivers as well. I, Isaac Zico's a guy who's caught my eye on tape, and, and a good quarterback in, in David Bluff. So I think this is a really solid Purdue offense. I think along with Penn State, one of the two best that they've faced this year, and I think if this defense doesn't step up, this could definitely be an interesting game. When you take a look at this Purdue offense, like you mentioned, they're two tight ends. You know, you flip the script back to last year, and you go to uh, you go to Iowa City, and you look at that game that they played against Iowa. I mean, Noah Fant was all over the place that game. Uh, the Hawkeyes just bludgeoned Ohio State up. When you look at this defense this week, going against David Blau, who I think you know, once Sindelar went out. Made the absolute right decision. They're rolling with their guy. Um, so when you look at this defense, Dan, what do you think they need to do? Because I know it's been, you know, Maddie and I have talked about it, um, maybe dropping back and sprinkling some zone coverage in there. I know they kind of uh, mixed up the man coverage last week. They didn't pl- play a 100% game with press man coverage. They kind of dropped back. What do you think they need to do to slow this Purdue offense down? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is they, they just cannot have the kind of bust that they've been having all season. They, they just cannot have plays where they're letting guys get wide open because we, we've, we've seen this happen all year, you know, between you know linebackers not getting into their gaps correctly, uh, safeties not being in the right position. Uh, we've seen cornerbacks get beat as well. I, I think it's really just imperative for that back seven to, to really be assignment sound this week and, and to really – everybody's got to do their role correctly because Purdue's got enough weapons on this offense that if they, if anybody doesn't fulfill their assignment, Purdue's going to have a chance to take advantage and make a big play. So I think it's really, really crucial for regardless of what coverage scheme you want to go with or how you want to line guys up, everybody's got to be doing their jobs correctly because I think if not, this is a Purdue offense that's really aggressive and they look to take advantage when you give them big plays. So 
if you if you give Purdue those opportunities, they're going to hit a few of them in this game. Dan, oh, sorry, Dan. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors, joining us here on the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Hit him up on Twitter at Dan underscore Hope. And I want to ask you about uh, the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, because, I mean, everybody's been blown away with him. And now that we're more than halfway, <clears throat> excuse me, halfway through the season here, a lot of people are starting to talk about what could be uh, coming for him in the spring, that being the NFL draft. Now, he's only got, I believe, seven starts in his entire career, less than 10. Um, look, is this something that you're starting to focus on with Dwayne, or, or is that on the back burner for you right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the focus right now is on the season and just what he's able to accomplish this season. And, you know, certainly you're talking about you know, maybe a Heisman Trophy run. I think he's one of the top two contenders for that right yeah. now, along with Tua Tagovailoa. And then, you know, obviously, uh, what Ohio State has a chance to accomplish as a team as well. I mean, you look at this team being seven and zero, this team being a front runner in the Big Ten. The biggest reason why has been the play of Dwayne Haskins because the defense hasn't been great, the running game hasn't been great, but Dwayne Haskins has been great, and that's why Ohio State is still undefeated right now. So I think that's where everybody's focus is. But I think certainly, you know, if if you want to look ahead to the future, it, it, it would be smart for Ohio State fans to brace for the fact that there's a good chance this is going to be Dwayne Haskins' only year as a starting quarterback for Ohio State because I think he's absolutely capturing the attention of NFL scouts, and I think there's a very good chance he's going to be uh, not only a first-round pick, but maybe a top-10, top-five pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Dan, you guys um, on Saturday from 11 Warriors, I don't know if it was you who tweeted it out from uh, from the account or someone else working over at 11 Warriors tweeted out, that uh, during the Minnesota game, while that game was going in progress, that the yards per rush attempt for Ohio State uh, from each game, from game one to game seven, have gone down in every single game. It started off with uh, Oregon State where they averaged seven, and then it just went down from there. Uh, And at that point in the Minnesota game, I believe it was two and a half yards they were uh, averaging per rush. Does that surprise you as as much as it does me that Ohio State's offense – um, in particular, the run game has gone down every single week. I know that the coaching staff has a bunch of faith in Dwayne Haskins' arm, but the inability to run the ball right now, I mean, it's almost shocking to me. Is it? Is it surprising to you that they just cannot get anything going on the ground? Yeah, it is surprising because I think you have two really talented running backs in Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins that I think you've got you know, a really massive, big offensive line that should be able to move people off the ball. And right now we're just not seeing it. We're just not seeing uh, the offensive line opening up those holes consistently. We're not seeing Weber and Dobbins be able to break to the second level and make big plays in the run game. So it it just hasn't been there. I, I think certainly, you know, the big thing is defenses without that threat of a running quarterback, which they just don't have right now of Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, defenses have been able to lock in on when they're running the ball. They know they're handing it off to the running back. They're no longer worried about that threat of a quarterback keeper like they were with JT Barrett. And Ohio State's got to figure out a better way to scheme things up so that defenses aren't able to do that. Because certainly when, when you're going backwards every game, that's a problem. I, I, I've been hesitant to get you know make it too big of a problem that the running game has struggled because Dwayne Haskins has been so great, because the passing offense has been so great, because you're still talking about an offense that's top five in the country in yards and points. But at some point, your running game has to stop regressing. At some point, that running game 
has to get going, and it's certainly been trending in the wrong direction all year. You have an update on uh, Thayer Munford for us. Josh Alabi came in uh, to the game against Minnesota when Munford went out. I uh, thought he did a fine job, but is there a uh, update on Thayer Munford's status for this weekend's game? Yeah, so Greg Stadrawa said Wednesday night that Thayer Munford did not practice um, on Wednesday, so that's all we've heard as of now, but it would certainly appear as though there's a definite chance that Thayer Munford's not going to be able to play on Saturday. I imagine it's probably a situation where it will be a game-time decision where they'll see how he's feeling on Saturday and probably determine on Saturday whether he's able to go, but I think there's definitely a good chance that, that that Joshua Allaby is going to end up being the starting left tackle on Saturday. Dan, last one here for you before we let you go. Uh, I want to ask you just about Brian Hartline and this wide receiver group. Obviously, everything that happened this summer is well documented. No need to talk about that. But what he inherited was obviously a, just a broken puzzle, a lot of puzzle pieces all over the place. And it seems to to me that he's put those puzzles back together, and that wide receiver group has been really phenomenal. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins has been absolutely uh, going nuts all year long. But just talk about Brian Hartline a little bit and what you've seen and how impressed you've been with him so far this season yeah I think he's done a fantastic job I think you know certainly you mentioned that he he took it over under very unusual circumstances to come in and be Ohio State's wide receivers coach but Ohio State's wide receivers have been fantastic this year they've clearly improved and while I don't think that's all on coaching I think some of that just has to do with the fact that they're a very experienced group of wide receivers yeah. who are working hard to get better anyway. And I think some of it also has to do with the fact that they've got Dwayne Haskins throwing them the ball. Still, this is a group that's clearly made strides, both as pass catchers and as blockers this season. And you've got to give Brian Hartline a lot of credit for coming in the way he did, taking over that role literally a week before fall camp started. And for that group to be performing as well as it has, with a coach who had never been a position coach at any level before. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job, and I think certainly if he keeps it up, there's a very good chance that he's going to be keeping this job past his, his interim tag. I don't think Buckeye fans will mind that at all. Dan, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. It was great, and we appreciate it. We'll direct people toward uh, your Twitter handle and everything at 11 Wars. Thanks, man. Have a good one, okay? Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. See you, Dan. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Go follow him on Twitter at Dan underscore Hope. Before we take a quick break and come back and we'll play some Brian Hartline sound for you, I want to let you know about our friends from Vivid Seas. It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experience that lasts a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans Find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. With the the podcast code locked on, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are first-time customers of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code locked on to receive $20 off $200 or more. A new customer of Vivid Seats. Go check out Vivid Seats right now. This is Locked On Buckeyes. Your team every day. All right, so Brian Hartline spoke to the media yesterday, and he's been kind of a hot name. He and Ryan Day on the coaching staff, right? Sure. I mean, those guys, um, for you know, clear reasons, we all know why, had a lot of attention on them, and I think both those guys handled it really well and are continuing to handle it really well. Here is Brian Hartline talking about the relationship he has with this receiver group. I truly come in every day, and, and really when I go home at night, I'm always thinking about how to get these guys better constantly. And when I'm on my way in, I'm always making sure I perform at the highest level because the things I do have ramifications throughout the week. And I just have that approach. I'm not saying that's correct. I'm just saying that you know, I value every time I have with them and everything I say. 
uh, isn't said lightly. And I think that um, that's how I would want to be coached. And I try to then relay that to these guys. And look, I, I love hearing that from him yeah. that he leaves the building. It's not just a, hey, I'm here. Let's focus on what we not do. Not a nine to five. Here. This is a guy that no. goes home and he told you, he thinks about how he can get these guys better. And you can tell, Beam, that the work is paying off when you talk about seeing the maturation process that we've seen from these receivers. Because let's face it. These guys were somewhat experienced last year, sure. and they didn't perform to this level. Now, they didn't have the quarterback that they have now. The offense is completely different than what it was, but those guys are the same cast that we saw a year ago, and they've gotten so much better. So credit to them, as long as credit to Brian Hartline for coming in. This guy's got NFL experience. You can just tell that these guys are running crisper routes than they were before. It's just an absolute great meshing right now that we're seeing between Dwayne Haskins and this receiver group, and I think we got to give a lot of credit to Brian Hartline because he stepped into a real tough situation. It'd be easy for any coach to come into this and come into the situation and that room's emotional it was an emotional room sure. we're fooling ourselves if we don't think those guys were emotional and up and down it was tough for them for a while I think he's handled it real well man I think he has too he's passed with flying colors and uh, as you heard in our first segment you know Dan Hope talking about it uh, that if he continues the way that he does and Ohio State's wide receivers continue to flash the way that they have this entire year uh, that he's going to have that interim tag removed, and I think it's well earned, and I think okay. it's well deserved. But you know, if you go back, Maddie, and you know, I'm not going to talk about Zach Smith and everything that went right. on this summer, but if you go back and you just you look at Zach Smith's techniques as an actual wide receiver coach, mm -hmm. when you look at his techniques in running into mm -hmm. corners, into linebackers. Like that that was the technique there. You go back and you watch the film from last year, they didn't create any separation no. at all. And that was the technique that Zach Smith was teaching. You go back and you watch any game this year, Ohio State wide receivers are doing anything that they can yep. to run away uh, from cornerbacks, to create that separation out there. And I think that Brian Hartline's experience in the NFL, his experience playing here at Ohio State, um, and I'm sure the experience that he got from NFL coaches, uh, the coaches that he had when he was here, is absolutely bringing it to the right table. And, you know, you could look at JT Barrett last year and say, yeah, the quarterback, you know, had some accu accuracy issues. Sure. He wasn't as good of a passer as Dwayne Haskins. And I think it is. It's a beautiful marriage. And listen, these guys, you know, they've been in the program for a long time. When you talk about Johnny Dixon, you talk about Terry McLaurin, long Paris time, Campbell, yeah. these guys, you know, you're, you're three captains who are seniors on this team. These are guys who we expected uh, to flash. K.J. Hill, another guy. Mm -hmm. um, these are guys who we expected to flash, and for so long I think they left Ohio State fans wanting more. And I think a lot of that comes down to coaching. I, I think that you know there was an inferior coach here, um, and Ohio State moved on from him. And you have Brian Hartline at the helm teaching these guys the exact right things to do. You've yeah. got the edges sealed out there. They're the best blockers on the team. The mm -hmm. offensive line isn't doing their job, so the wide receivers are doing their job. And they're passionate about it. Yeah, and they are, and I just I think it, it comes to all down to coaching uh, and passion, and these guys I think have really, really taken a response to Brian Hartline's coaching style, and they are. That's the most pleasantly surprising group. Even though they came into the season, there was a bunch of hype. You had your six returning leading receivers from last year. That was the same way it was last year, sure. though. You had all the guys coming back last year, and I think they you know disappointed and didn't perform up to the levels of expectations that you wanted them to perform at. But you look at this year, and it's just it's been totally different. Yeah. And I know that's the way that you know Ryan Day and uh, Kevin. Williams Wilson, Urban Meyer have this offense rolling uh, with the way that their style has been playing, but you just you look at the coaching and down to the wide receivers and their techniques and their abilities and what they're doing. It's so different from last year, and I think a lot of that is a great marriage with the quarterback and just the passion that the wide receivers have. Here's Hartline on the leadership he has in that in that wide receiver room. I'm only as good as the people in the room, and as much as I want to come in and try to help and enhance and and make things tweaked or this or that. Uh, 
it's only upon the acceptance of these older men. And so for their ability to just continue to pick my brain and want to grow and, and the, and the 30, thirstiness of wanting to get better and enhance and, and really, you know, study the game, that's why we've had some improvements. And it's really impressive because everything you laid out, I mean, those guys last year, I think they would admit that they, you know, kind of underachieved sure. uh, last year as far as where their potential is because now we see what these guys are capable of. And now you look back at that season and go, well, man, those guys are doing this. They could have done a little bit more last year, but that's gone now out the window, and they've righted that wrong, and they put in the work. And I think the real valuable thing about this is now you've got – you mentioned the seniors. You've got an older guy in K.J. Hill beam, and the younger guys in that room, Chris Olave's name starting to pop up a little bit more, sure. Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor. Those guys are going to be the guys next year to step into that role Blue and Smith, become a Blue Garrett Smith. Wilson coming in guys, next year. Yes, all of those guys. Yeah. The blueprint is laid out. It doesn't matter, junior, senior, it doesn't matter how accomplished you are. You put in the work, you put in the time, and the numbers are going to show. And you speaking of the numbers right now, you talk about Paris Campbell, 43 receptions, 557 yards. He leads those receivers being. But here are your averages uh, per catch of all of the receivers right now. Paris Campbell, 13. KJ, 13. Terry McLaurin, 20. Austin Mack, 12. Johnny Dixon, 13. Benjamin Victor, 18 on nine catches. And then J.K. will throw him in. He's got 11 receptions on the year, 11 a pop. So this is a big play offense. This is a big play wide receiver group. These guys are getting the ball downfield. And you don't see that a lot, right, with these averages. You don't see a lot of receivers getting downfield consistently. Ohio State's been doing that all year, and that's why this offense has been arguably the toughest to stop in all football. Yeah, and you just you pair that. And I think that's why you know we are being so critical on the run game right now, Maddie, because if you can get oh, that rolling. Pick your poison. If you can get that run game rolling, and that's why we have we have talked about it ad nauseum. Because if you can get J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber rolling and you get this offensive line firing off the ball and punching people in the mouth, and then you have a defense back on its heels saying, Do we load the box or do we step back? Yes. What what do we know? We don't know what's coming. Exactly. And so I think that's why it's so imperative that Ohio State finds its running game. Maddie, we're seven weeks into the year. We're heading into a week eight matchup. Yep. We're gonna be two thirds done with the regular season after this Saturday against Purdue. If you can find that, there is still a chance that Ohio State can achieve every one of its goals. But I truly believe if you cannot establish the run game, then your hopes dwindle. And that's why it is so imperative mm -hmm. because you just listed it out. There's big playability with every single one of these guys. And we have number seven back there throwing the rock all over the field. On the money, too. On the money. Every ball seems to be catchable. And so when you have a guy like that who you have so much confidence in and you have your receivers making big plays, but you can't run the ball, it makes your offense one-dimensional. And if you make that offense two-dimensional with throwing in the run every now and then, I'm not even saying Ohio State has to run the ball 40, 45 times, but sprinkle it in there. Average seven, eight yards of carry for one game. Let's get that thing going. That makes Ohio State so much more of a dangerous football team heading down the home stretch of the college football season. I agree. This offensive line has to start winning the battle down in the mosh pit. It has to start happening gotta down go. there. You got to go. You got to start winning the battle down in the mosh pit because if you don't, it's going to cost. It's going to cost you a game. Cost you, and it's going to allow defenses to cover your receivers a lot different. So you're talking about these big play receivers. You start getting into a cover two. Those safeties can bail out of there and take sure. away. Uh, start you know shadowing towards the sideline and take away those big plays. All of that stuff will come into play if you don't uh, get the running game going. One more here from Brian Harlan, then Beam will let you know about Sling TV. Uh, here he is on possibly uh, snagging or you know just the interim head coaching tag on him right now. A little surreal, but to me. Uh... I'm looking forward to uh, earning past that. So uh, to me, it was kind of uh, it was an opportunity I wanted to capitalize on. It was not the end role. There you go. So he wants the job. Absolutely. We, he think, does. we think he deserves yeah, the job. I do. And um, I think Urban and I think from what he's seen on film, 
I think it's pretty easy decision. Beam, hit him up about Sling TV. Yeah, Maddie, you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels that you never watch when you just want to see your team win? Well, Sling TV is the best way you can watch college football. For $30 a month, you can get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, and more. Stream on your big screen all your favorite games. Sling TV gives you live TV you love except better. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go to Sling TV and check our guys out. You are Locked On Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, so Billy Davis, the linebacker coach for Ohio State, spoke to the media Mm -hmm. yesterday, and I think this is interesting. I have not heard this yet. Here he is addressing uh, OSU's problems on giving up the huge plays all year. It's as frustrating for the players, the coaches, and the fans equally. It, it really is. We are trying hard to stop those little breakdowns. And it's always, it's not the same group. It's not the same guy. It's different. And, and sometimes that happens with the defense. And like I said, we, are, we, we feel as a group very confident that that's about to be eliminated. That we're at a place and the guys are mature and the reps are high enough now that we're really excited about the, the second half of this season defensively and, and correcting the mistakes we made in the first half. All right, we'll see. I mean, we'll see, right? And he 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 mentioned there that guys have been in and out. There's not a lot of camaraderie back there. It's been per, it's been it's been Wade. It's been Went. It's been Fuller all yeah. year long. It's you know it's just even been, at the linebacker core. It's, there's it's, not there's not a lot of continuity, right? And and I think both. And to be fair, for the players, that's not easy to do. Of course, it's that's not. not easy to do. That's when you look um, at like those advanced metrics of yes. like offensive line and how many games have they started exactly. together it because it's, it does it, it does matter it, because there's always flow there's always spidey senses that you have with guys that you've played with for a long time like he's got me oh yeah. he doesn't get me exactly. I, I need to go exactly you we know? see this all the time like look at what seattle did in uh, on their defense for years the earl thomas camp that camaraderie was there they knew where guys were going to be with their eyes closed now you've right. got that combination of guys not getting a ton of work in, um, and they're young guys too, and they haven't seen a lot of stuff. So now it's just a bad mesh going on back there. We talk about the linebackers in the secondary. I can't sit here today confidently saying that they're going to figure this thing out because of what you said earlier in the pod. We're so deep into the season now. Now, if this was week three and we were having you know really which crazy, we did. which we which did, which we did, and now we're way beyond that, and we've got the same issue. So no. I'm not confident right now that this team can cut out the big plays until I see it. Not for one game, not for two games. Can I see not it consistently? Not two, two not, not three, three. My, four. He's, he's back tonight. He, he's back tonight. So you know, it's a big I'm night for you. I got to get a nap in. Ten thirty is a long way away. But anyway, beam. No, I'm not there. I can't get there with Coach Billy Davis yet. That I feel good that they're going to shut the ho- the water hose off and the water's going to stop dripping. I, I'm not there yet. No, and I can't either. I think that. You can start to maybe feel a little bit better uh, if you go into West Lafayette, if you shut this Purdue offense down. Listen, this is a Purdue team that is three possessions away from being undefeated. And they're humming right now. They are absolutely rolling. It all started with that big win against Boston College. Yep. Rondale Moore going absolutely nuts. I was watching a five-minute highlight package of him he's and his midseason sh- highlights. He's a freak he's, show. He's unbelievable. Listen, right. he is going to be the best wide receiver that Ohio State faces to this point all year. Not even close. This is what this is it. he is. Yep. You take uh, you know, you know, take Rager and Turpin from TCU. Fine. You mix him in with a little bit of a K.J. Hamler. I was watching this dude last night squat 600 pounds. Yeah. Matt, he's 5'8", 5'11", whatever the hell he Saquon is. Saquon legs. 5'11", 
175 pounds yeah. and you're squatting 600 pounds. He's this scary. is a guy who can do everything. He's stocky. He's fast. He's got a little bit of a Tyreek Hill in him too. I think Ooh, I that's. Like that. I, I like think that. that's what he like kind of looks like at this level. And so you know, I, I'm not at the point right now where I can tell you 100% that I feel great about this Ohio State defense. Yeah. But you can start to win me back over by shutting this Purdue offense down. Now, I don't think it's going to happen because I think that David Blau is a very accurate quarterback. Yep. He's very good when he gets time. But if you can start to shut these guys down mm-hmm. and you know you maybe give up, I don't know, 280, 300 yards total on the mm-hmm. game, then we're going to start to work with something. It's going to be a tough environment on the road in West Lafayette. They're going to have that big drum out there. They're going to be drumming that boom, sucker all night. Boom, boom, and so it's just, to me, you have to – Prove yourself because you can you can listen to coach speak all the time. And all coaches day. say, "Yeah, we're this close, we're this close. All it takes is one play, two sure. plays, and it changes the entire game." Well, that hasn't happened yet. We're no. seven weeks into the damn college football season, and that has not happened yet. Give me something to go on, and maybe I'll start believing you. And everything that you say, I agree with hundred percent. But you can feel good about where you are in practice. You can make strides and all that stuff. But they haven't seen a cat like Rondell Moore yet. No, it's a whole nother beast what's going to happen what's coming out of that i'm telling you for the golden black on saturday night he is nasty if you have not watched the purdue game all year we have been firing up warning shots all week all week so don't be surprised when this cat who's a freshman rondale moore (laughs) goes nuts on we're trying to warn you right now like you said we've been saying it since we've been talking about it since last week i know tyler johnson and rondale moore coming up in the next two games these guys are nasty look tyler johnson is playing on sundays um, Rondell Moore will get there eventually, but mm-hmm. right now, what he's going to do in college is going to be scary. And this is strength versus weakness right now. This is a unbelievable offense that's rolling right now in the passing game for Purdue by a very below average pass defense for Ohio State right now. This is an offense that's over 500 total yards right there with Ohio State. Right. Okay, so Rondell Moore, 45 catches, 558, five touchdowns. Parrish Campbell, 43 receptions, 557, seven touchdowns. He's a big play waiting to happen. Here's Billy Davis before we get out of here today on how his linebackers have to defend the run and the pass versus the Boilermaker Saturday night. Linebackers, that's that's by nature what we do. We have both the run responsibility and the pass responsibility. So a breakdown happens on either side. We are partly, um, we're part of it. So each week the team has a different uh uh, strength and a different weakness that you face. As a linebacker group, though, you always have to stop the run first and then react to pass, and that's kind of where we are. So it'll be interesting. So clearly the guys are back there hitting. sound like the jugs machine or sleds. That's what it sounded like in the back. Doing yeah, something. One of the two in the background, know. those guys are acting crazy back there. But, no, here's the big thing for me, and I'm sure you saw this beam and what I'm watching him yesterday and what I've seen in the handful of games that I've watched Purdue uh, this season. The end around, he's going to move everywhere. And I think that's such a great comp that you brought up. Does he have the ceiling of Tyreek Hill? Who knows? But you watch the Kansas City Chiefs and what they do with Tyreek Hill. They get him involved they in the offense. They move him everywhere. Yeah. So that is a nightmare. That eye candy where he's running behind Blau and all that stuff before the snap. Move him in the slot. He goes outside. I mean, this guy's going to be everywhere. So the linebacker discipline is going to be paramount um, for this guy. I'm really starting to get a little concerned. The more we talk about this game, the more concerned I get just because of what I said uh, just a couple seconds ago that this is strength versus weakness and right now the weakness for Ohio State is so bad that a guy like Rondell Moore can wreck your game and possibly wreck your season with a bad loss going on the road like we saw last year against Iowa. The biggest 
weakness probably in a defense comes when you start to second guess yourself when you don't have that confidence in your ability when you don't have the confidence in the scheme that you're running and Ohio State's going to be tested this weekend and this is a secondary this is a linebacking core that's I think mentally fragile right now yep. uh, hopefully they come out and prove that wrong but when you start second guessing yourself should I go here what should I do should I step into this gap or should I st- you know should I step back what, too late. what should I do because in that half second to a full second where you're deciding what to do it's going to be too late and when you face an, an offense like this exactly there you go um when you face an offense like this maddie you don't have those seconds no, to afford because yeah. you're going to get burnt you're going to get beat um and it's just it's going to be very very sticky for ohio state on saturday i agree i agree we'll talk a ton about it tomorrow we'll be back what do you got going tonight not nothing tonight. Meredith just came back from uh, Washington D.C., so I'm gonna hang out with her. I was you gonna go be to... making dinner for her tonight, taking her to dinner, doing yeah, something. Yeah, we're gonna do something. <laughs> we uh, we were gonna go to the Blue Jackets game, but oh. ended up actually not getting tickets to that. So okay, a little well, upset. There's another one on Saturday. Yeah, that's maybe, right. Maybe you can go to that one. You know uh, what? You I don't know, know if what I can go to that one. No, you Ohio can't. State Purdue, baby. Yeah, you're right. Maybe you, can, do you know, that. take your phone in there. You know, double duty. Uh, 2018. Gotta you watch the Buckeyes. I agree. I'll be locked in on the Buckeyes. No pun intended. This is the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Brandon B., Matt Hayes, 97.1 The Fan. Peace.